Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So this is the bit where we test the levels, uh, Ruth. And this is a joke from Lou Sanders. He says, I waited an hour. I waited an hour for my starter. So I complained. It's not rocket salad. Is that funny? No, no not. It doesn't my... really make any sense no, either. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. That's a real shame. Um, I, thought I didn't it was a... enjoy that. No, you've done... Well, let's see if you enjoy this. We've been revising your British history. You've done the exam, which was not half as bad as you thought no, it was No, I thought the, the Russian history one was awful, mm. even though Russian history is easier, and the British history one was not as bad. No, but wh- when I was sort of helping you with a bit of your revision for the British history, mm-hmm. I was struck by how history repeats itself. What's the rhyme about history? Mark Twain. Um, what did he say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And it certainly does. I mean, all that stuff. One example was, what was he called? Honest... Honest Stan. Honest Stanley Stan. Baldwin. Stanley Baldwin. So the Conservatives ran an election campaign. This In 1929. 1929. Trying to get Stan Stanley Baldwin. Back in. Back in, yeah. And their whole campaign was that he was on his stand. He was on his stand, the man you can trust. The man you can trust. That's how they thought they were going to get Stanley Baldwin back in. And it was almost exactly the same mistake in 2017, all those years later, when Theresa May ran a whole campaign on strong and stable. Strong and stable. But she did get in. Well, she did get in only with the help of the... still a minority government. She got in with the help of the Oh, yeah, with the help of the DUP. Yeah, and then they. And but then that's she, just one example of history repeating itself. Yeah. It's a whole from the night I was amazed about from the the start of the twentieth century right the way up to the present day. It's mm. an argument between. And Auster- Churchill did the same thing yeah. in nineteen forty five to get back in. To get back in, he did. The war. Um, Mr. Churchill's declaration to the voters, and it was meant to be, oh, everyone loves Churchill, and he's really strong, and then he didn't get in. And then, yeah. 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 So but does... right up to the present day, and the whole economic history is an it's argument... so boring. Well, it's an argument between whether we have austerity and uh, control the money supply, or we spend money and borrow money. And that was right the way through. There's not a I don't understand government... money at all. Mm, not even just... a little bit. No. No, like, I, I understand... My like, I'm okay at managing money. Like I go go wild spending all the money, and like yeah. I know how. Although to... you did get a parcel this morning. Yeah, but... it was <laughs> Dad. <laughs> you can't help me like that. What What was it? It was a dress, but it was second hand. Right. This is what's the website? Depop. Depop. So you're always on Depop buying second hand clothes, but you also sell. <laughs> no, I bought like two. I bought two things, and I've sold two things. Oh. No, I bought th- three things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems to be a few parcels arrived, but maybe some of them are not yeah, Depop. Yeah, it's no, 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 everything, uh, everything's Depop that I've got online. Yeah, uh, and is that for economic purposes or well, to save Well, first planets? of all, it's much, it, well, it's, I mean, it's good for everyone because it's way, way, way cheaper. So, like, it's stuff that people have worn once, like, especially, like, girls with, like, night out clothes and stuff. You don't tend to wear them. You wear them a few times, but nothing more no. than that. And even when you are wearing them, you're only wearing it for a few hours. You're not, mm. you know, it's not the clothes you wear all the time. Um, and so the, they'll sell them, which is good for the environment because, you know, it takes so much water to create clothes. Mm. And then, like, uh, also a lot of factories are, like, abusive to their own employees and stuff, especially in China and you things do like such that. good work, Ruth. Well, no, no, no. And I'm not at all because... The best thing to do is to not ever buy clothes because you still like it, still has an environmental impact because there's the car that needs to drive the package and stuff. 
um but it's better than buying like fast fashion and then also way 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 cheaper like mm-hmm. they because people sell dresses that they've bought for, like 50 pounds off websites and resell them for like a tenner because you know there's no need if you if you have worn it a bit then mm. you may yes, be more money than you would you to just give it to the charity shop yes. like so it's good i understand um should we st- should we, should we no, well you asked the question should we start Should we start with a little uh, DMC? I don't know what that means. You don't know what DMC Oh, deep, deep meaningful chat. Deep meaningful chat. I've got a whole glossary of terms that are used in Love Island. Oh, we, we, I'm so glad it's back. We, Honestly, I sit there every single night. And I know I, I shouldn't like Like, I know I shouldn't like it, but I do. And everyone can... Like, do one? Yeah, pretty much. But... I just do. I sit there watching it mm. with a big grin on my face. I just love it. Well, yes. I mean, and also, my thirty-year-old brother, or older than thirty, I think, my thirty-year-old brother was texting me about it last night. But you, you are a little uh, extra when it comes to Love Island, aren't you? What do you mean? Extra, over the top. No, uh, I'm not extra far. when it comes to Love Island. Well, I know what extra means. What does extra mean? Extra is. I I use extra quite a bit. Like everyone uses extra quite a lot. In, just in being respect? extra. How can you? How could like, I be extra? If you, be yeah, extra? you could be extra. I mean, you're not, but if you were like <laughs> an, a sequin shirt oh, or something, right, you'd be, be extra. extra. Oh, but also, you could use it to be like, you know, um, if you meet someone and they really like you and they keep messaging you or something, you're mm. like, oh, you're so, so extra. Right, right. But you've got to be careful not to prang out. I've never heard that before. Well, you see, I've got this glossary of terms. No one uses prang out. Maybe it's a southern thing, I don't know. No, these are all from Love Island. I've never Uh, heard anyone on Love Island say you're not watching closely enough. Prang out means to suffer a sudden wave of anxiety and panic, usually because of a love interest. So if if somebody immediately says that they they fancy you might prang out... Mm. Never heard that before. Well, you're getting a bit salty. Um, you know, salty. salty. We yeah, did that last time. Last time we did, we did salty. We did peng sort. You know what peng means? Yeah, we all know peng because it's chicken uh, peng as well. Peng sort is a very good looking person. A worldy. Oh, worldy. Yeah. Yeah. What's a worldy? Just like really good looking. Someone like so attractive. They're out of this world. Um, I would say that boys use worldy more than yeah, girls. Yeah, because it's used in football, worldy. If you score, really? Yeah, if you score a really good goal, you say, you know you might say that's a great goal. Oh, no, that's a worldy. Oh, about the goal, world. not about the footballers. No. Because I, I was going to say that's quite homoerotic. Yes, it is. Well, there's a lot of that goes on in football. Mm. Swilled. Oh, sorry, no, drinking someone's face. When you face. have a, a drink thrown in your face. Um, there's been a bit of controversy about this uh, Love Island. I read this in The Sun, so it's not that reliable. But it says here, Love Island faces a race storm. Oh, yeah, an... no, I've, there's been a lot of this on Twitter. Right, what's it all about? Well, I mean, I've not obviously not read the article, but what's been going on on Twitter and stuff is just that they never give as much airtime to the black contestants. Mm. And um, they they were also picked last in the lineup. That's what the story said. But, uh, um, last yeah, there's for like the a fourth, lot of fourth year in a row that the black uh, girl I think was uh, chosen last. Well, last year it was the black boy. Yeah. But yeah. So so Yuanda uh, Biala, who's Yuanda. the black girl, Yuanda, she's 23. Uh, she's now paired up with a fellow scientist, Michael Griffith. So is is that still? It's she doesn't that, like him. Oh, doesn't she? And I she? don't understand because I I Michael's one of my favourite boys. Mm. But Yuanda, uh, she's like gorgeous and really smart and stuff. Like she went to uni at 16, mental. Wow. But um, she is a bit dry. Like bit the dry. ones that get because there's other there's um there's. Other ones who don't get much airtime, but, but it's because they're not doing anything interesting. Mm. But that, like, she's lovely, and I don't. I think there is like a lot of when they first go in and pick. There's like a, there's a lot of like racial stereotyping and stuff, and mm. they don't go for her. And, and it, like it, Samira from last, um, yeah, from last year, she was really. Th- I think she was treated unfairly, and they didn't show a lot of her relationship. And I think it is like a subconscious thing that. Mm. The producers imagine that people want to see white people more or something. I don't I know. So. Not not on purpose. I think I do think it's subconscious, and I think it's just because there's such an inherent racism in the UK. Not just in the UK. No, I mean, no, no, in, no, no. Generally, I would think it was a human characteristic. If you just choose on sight, you choose someone who's someone who looks like you. And it's, like you, there's been it? lots of studies done into how people end up with people who look like them. Yeah. But I think that it, what it really highlights is that's why we need more 
black Asian minority ethnic people working as producers mm. and as creators well, because yes, then, you, can do then you highlight them yeah you can correct it a wee bit but at the end of the day if you're making a snap decision oh yeah no I don't you, think it's the fault yeah, yeah. I don't one. think it's I think the son's argument is kind of a bit stupid because it's like you can't help who you find attractive like that's no. it's it's human instinct but I think that's because of like societal conditioning which has to be like a bigger change it's not no. It's not the contestants of Love Island. Island. No, no. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, despite all that, though, there has been uh, a certain amount of controversy because they did say there were going to be uh, diverse body types. Oh, yeah, and they've got the... this plus-size girl. Plus-size girl. <laughs> like, just I'm normal. bigger than her. <laughs> she's just... She's also, like... She's, she is she's called ch- Anna, isn't she? She is probably a bit bigger, and she's also, like, taller and broader and stuff than uh, the other girls. But... She's got, like, the Kim Kardashian ideal body type. She's not, like, a girl who's a little bit chubby. Mm. She's, like, a little bit chubby, but it's because her boobs are big and her bum's big. Like, that's... Yes. She's got the... uh, They call it thick. She's not got a sort of... No, no, no. Yeah, and she's not, like, normal chubby. She's, like... No, normal chubby, you'd be chubby. chubby, you'd have chubby arms. And yeah, well, you just look... Bit of a belly yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But she doesn't look and like that at all. if you want more all. information on that, just go down to Wakefield uh, Shopping Centre. Dad. Dad. Anyway, yes, so, so they're not really diverse people. The other big controversy, certainly last year, now I don't know whether you spotted it this year, was on the amount of plastic surgery. Even the, um, the boys, you know, the boys look as though, not so much plastic surgery, but it does look to be sort of steroid enhanced. I only watched the first episode but you don't you maybe get that from working out at the gym but you would need to do the amount of working out to get that sort of washboard stomach well yeah but a lot of them are um like the the, a lot of them do like a bit of bodybuilding or whatever and you have you take it's like protein they they take proteins in it so there's a protein shakes they're called protein shakes but this is all that stuff is no is no good for you i mean yeah in that respect it's not a good example, is it, really? No. I mean, I know I you're watching it for fun. I don't think it's a great example. And also, it is, like, difficult. If you're having a fine day and you're feeling okay, then it's just fun, entertaining television. But if you're having a bad day already and you feel really chubby or mm. someone's, I don't know, turned you down or rejected you or something, and you sit down and watch these... Like, especially the girls, like, like they are gorgeous and stuff. You don't really want to be sat on the sofa with a pack of crisps watching people who are... Mm. Like skinnier than you. Yes, but uh, sitting on the sofa with a pack of crisps watching Love Island is your favourite. My favourite pastime. <laughs> it is indeed, and you like Love Island because when, when Love Island comes on the TV, it means it's summer. You're saying that. Yeah, I mean everyone says that. Do they? Everyone says it's summer's coming. But it's the most like basic Fiat Five Hundred thing to say. But. Fiat 500. That's what they call it on like Fiat Five Hundred Twitter. Really? Yeah. So if you if you like um. Like a basic white girl. You love Love Island and you have a Fiat 500. So it's Fiat 500 Twitter. Well, you learn something every day. Yes, you're talking about that, about sitting watching Love Island with a packet of crisps when you're feeling uh, chubby and all that. This better not be you calling me fat or I'm going to kick off massively. <laughs> Every week, there's, or every day, basically, there's something in the papers uh, about the obesity crisis, as we have to call it. I don't think it's caused by delivery. Well, according to this story, um, they play a part in it. I'll read it you. Because we got a de- when I was with your sister, your um, sister who lives in London. Oh, she is big on the delivery. She's <laughs> always got a delivery. In That's because ca- in, in London... There's more choice. There's more choice in delivery. I don't even think they have it in Wakefield yet. They have it in Leeds, definitely. No, I think they've got delivery Sorry. and Just Eat. I've seen them all. No, no, the they have Just Just Eat's just a online delivery hmm. service, but they don't deliver... It's the same like, thing as delivery. No, 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 it's not the same thing as delivery at all. Well, go on, what's just, just, what's just, like just eat and delivery? So Just Eat is like an online directory of all the places, but they still send their delivery driver to get it, whereas Deliveroo... It, you order it on Deliveroo, but then Deliveroo have their own delivery people that they send to the restaurant to pick it up. Right. So, okay, I get but that. like Just Eat is just mm. for takeaways. Well, whereas Deliveroo, you can order like a Nando's delivery, even though Nando's don't do their own 
Ah, right. Delivery. Oh, like you can order a Wagamama's delivery, but they don't do their own thing. We're going to come to that. Um, The food delivery giant Deliveroo is promoting party buckets of fried chicken to some of the fattest postcodes in the country. (laughs) What an excellent marketing strategy. While sushi and endamame beans are suggested for healthier areas. On Friday, KFC was was the first featured restaurant in the choice of home-delivered food. So it pretty much when you go on the website. In Doncaster, where more than 7 out of 10 people are overweight or obese, the first menu item was a £31.99 party bucket with 14 pieces... Sounds great, this, actually. With 14 pieces of original fried chicken, uh, eight fillets, eight wings, and a popcorn chicken. KFC also came first in Rotherham. So it's Doncaster and Rotherham, KFC, where 71% of residents are overweight or obese, and uh, in Durham... It doesn't take much to be overweight, though. Just no, like it doesn't. We've the, said that before. Yeah. And in Durham, 68%, right? So those are the sort of fatter posts codes, uh, Doncaster, so Doncaster Rotherham and Durham. Durham. They've it. got party, if you go onto Delivery's website, top Maybe party, they're just party people. Party bucket, right. In contrast, in the affluent Clifton area of Bristol, very nice, I used to live there, uh, the first featured restaurant was Wagamama, and the first menu item, a nourish your body chicken ramen and endamame. Yo Sushi was second, uh, and KFC third. In Bristol, 55% of people are overweight or obese. So we get the picture here. It's still high, isn't it? It is. Again, the well, overweight, overweight, it, it takes nothing all, to be overweight. overweight. We've said that before, and you said, are you calling me fat, Daz? Yeah, well, I'll say it again. <laughs> in uh, the order of the suggested choices are the results of an algorithm that takes into account customer reviews, location, delivery time. So it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Because um, the algorithm, you know, and then it'll be top of the list. But this so is also like, top of the list. it's also a class issue, isn't it? Mm, it was you know, much. healthy food is very more much. expensive and it's wrong. Really? In Dulwich, an affluent South London suburb, uh, the first featured restaurant sold sushi with a tuna, carrots and cucumber dish as the first menu item. Cucumber. The second <laughs> sold Thai food and the third was a Japanese restaurant specialising in seafood. Well, all that stuff, as you say, it's an economic issue, isn't it? Yeah. That would be affordable in Dulwich. That's why, Probably you know, not affordable in Doncaster. Exactly. Obesity and class is intrinsically linked. The KFC party bucket yeah. is £31.00. But you get loads of food for it, whereas that'd be for four. Or thir- five yeah, people. thirty-one pounds would get you three dishes, maybe at Wagamama's. Yeah, actually, probably just two if you take into account the delivery charges and everything. Mm. I've talked about this with David, my brother, um, also your son. You'll know him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we talked about this before. Is that like delivery is actually more expensive because you pay the normal amount for the dish? I think. And then you have to pay extra because yeah. Deliveroo are doing the delivery service. Um, whereas takeaways, you know, Chinese takeaway, mm. fish and chips, whatever. I wish I'd it's thought cheaper. of Deliveroo because mm. they don't have to produce anything at all. Um, all you're doing is just employing the people. Yeah. yeah, it's just a website. Yeah. And then somebody else is cooking all the food. I mean, this is a, a quote, actually, from a Deliveroo cyclist. He said, it would be impossible to make a living if it wasn't for the KFC orders. The food is often delivered to those who can least afford it for health and financial reasons. In fact, it's heart-wrenching to see lives lost to the humiliation of obesity and their addiction as they open the door and reach out for their food it sort of paints a horrible picture that just eat it says also promotes kfc heavily in some areas with high obesity rates including oldham and stoke-on-trent it's also northern areas isn't it yep overwhelmingly yeah well there we go Shall we look at some of the emails? Um, we were talking last Sorry. week about our uh, mild disappointment at not being voted uh, best podcast of the year. So was that uh, only last week? That it was, was like only ages last week. Ago. We forgot. We've pushed it aside. Who cares? You know, I don't care. we've moved on. <laughs> I don't care. We've all moved on. Um, John Med though sent us an email saying, "Martin and Ruth, don't be too downhearted." not winning well we're not too downhearted not winning the uh, british podcast uh, awards as you can see you cleaned up at the are we there yet 2018 awards now the are we there yet awards are john med's own personal blog where he does some of these categories in his awards are things like best breakfast best gig his best gig for instance with the prodigy at the nottingham uh, arena best uh, what was his best breakfast his best breakfast 
was at the Warsaw Diner Canning Circus, but he doesn't say exactly what he had. Yeah, no, that's what I was hoping it was just going to be um, my my ex at home. Yeah, well, that was it. Best walk, uh, Attenborough Nature Reserve by a country mile. Very amusing there, you see. And best podcast, Ruthie, me and my dad. I went on to his blog and we're his best podcast. So that's brilliant. Thank you for that, John. Mark Bernstein writes to us and he said, last week we mentioned the movie uh, Yesterday, which is this film that I'm very much hoping doesn't turn out to be duff, but I'm told by people who've seen preview of it that it's absolute Well, I think it looks like garbage in the advert. How do you think so? I think it looks like it'd be bad. Yeah, well, apparently it is. I don't think the premise is great either. Like, I think the premise is funny to discuss. Like, Mm. I think it's a good parlour topic. It is. But I don't think it would make... I don't think there's enough legwork in it Mm. for for a film. Yeah. Well, uh, Mark Bernstein says, I am Mark Bernstein from North London, and I've really enjoyed your podcast. (laughs) Hello, Mark Bernstein from London. Bless him, and he's really enjoyed the podcast. He said, you mentioned the movie yesterday. Uh, What he's pointing out is that it's an old premise. He says, my favourite movie is a little-known Joan Collins 1971 science fiction romantic movie called Quest for Love. It was set in a parallel universe where John F. Kennedy, still alive, and was secretary of a still-existent League of Nations, which morphed into the United Nations, and Leslie Howard did not die in World War II. This is before my time, let alone before your time, um, because in the context of the movie, it never happened. Keep up your brilliant work, says Mark, which I must refer to this podcast, I assume. Not our filmmaking, Chris. <laughs> no. But, yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But there have been other Well, that's films. a famous thing. What if Shakespeare had never existed? Like, yeah. What if Shakespeare never existed? We'd have a lot of different words, because a lot of the words we get from yeah, Shakespeare, a lot of true. insults and stuff. Yes, and a lot of um, well-known expressions. Like sayings, yeah. Brave New World would never have been written. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard Raucus wrote to us, and he said, I liked the hundreds and thousands. Raucus, that's such a good surname. Yeah. He may, I don't know, he, he runs a record shop. He sometimes writes... Oh, do you think maybe it's Yeah, he uh, writes to my other, uh, other podcast as well, but he's written to this one. What? I don't like to think of people as having any other <laughs> yes, Well, podcast. the other podcast that I do. He says, I like, the, I like the hundreds and thousands joke, he said. I think this must be... A, it's where the guy goes in and says, can I have an ice cream? And the ice cream man says, hundreds and thousands? He said, well, let's just start with one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good... I think that's funnier than that one today. The one today was paw. Yeah, well, I'll pass your message on to uh, the chat. Lou Sanders, I think the name yeah, it was. was. Lou Sanders, I'll pass it on. Uh, I'm telling him he must try harder. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Howard Rawker says, I like the hundreds and thousands joke, but that probably says more about me than the quality of the joke. Uh, the main reason for mailing is about the music section of the show, because he is a total music buff. Mm. He says, usually I prefer Ruthie's choice. Yes! Part- you know what? I prefer my choice as well. Yeah, it's partly because it's always nice to hear something new, brackets to me. And partly because Martin, that's me, seems, Boring. <laughs> seems to have a love of 1960s country rock. Which, <laughs> it's actually really true. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, which, country music. Which is perhaps, the well, I'm going to respond to this in a sec, which is perhaps the most bland genre of all. It's neither country music nor rock. See, that's unfair because the Eagles is country rock and the Eagles are not bland in any way. Well, here you go. He thinks that a lot of people say they are. Yeah, I know, I know. It is neither country music nor rock with all the emotion of real country music and he's putting brackets Patsy Cline Hank Williams Dolly Parton uh, removed along with all the energy of rock music everything from Eddie Cochran to Motorhead uh, brackets 70s um, I neither to, of us are much into rock like no, proper rock no I did go and see Motorhead we? though really uh, yes in 1981 at the um, the old tram shed in Leeds, which has now disappeared, but there was a huge old tram shed um, mm. which was turned very briefly into a concert uh, venue. Terrible <laughs> trams. Leeds just cannot get a tram. <laughs> terrible. It's true, that's it. Terrible acoustics. But Motorhead, of course, just ridiculously loud. loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ridiculously you loud. Don't... <laughs> the thing I feel like the thing that people probably wouldn't realise because you you talk about music a lot. You don't like loud music at all. You don't like rock, really. Like, you no, do like I'm it not. a bit, but don't really like it. No, I'm not keen on Anything rock. Anything like metal. You don't like music to be screaming or loud. No, no. Which um, you would... I would have guessed you would, because... Mm. 
No, rock it's completely passing me by, heavy rock. I used to do a uh, heavy rock disco at a pub called the Wappentake in Sheffield when I was a young man. Some of your stories sound made up. <laughs> well, the pub was called the Wappentake. It was Sheffield, and I used to be the guest turn at the heavy rock disco. But I used to play... <laughs> who was the regular? Well, there was just some guy in a denim jacket who, with uh, acne, played uh, a lot of, you know, Motorhead and Saxon mm. and all that stuff, uh, and Queen maybe a bit. Um, that was the early days of Queen because when Queen started they were very much uh, yeah. heavy rock rock music is fun to see live like I would never sit at home listening to it on headphones or anything no. but it is fun to see live I went mm. to see um, Frank Carter and the Rattles, Rattlesnakes who is like I think it's like metal rock probably mm. um, was that at Leeds Fest? at Leeds Fest yeah they were like the surprise um, mm. act uh, or like surprise headline I can't remember what it's called surprise thing and then um, they got everyone to get out of I the... introduced a heavy rock band on stage at Leeds Fest yeah I know I, re- I remember I was remember I was there I was uh, from, the... from Wales I can't remember the name of the band um, no I don't either they didn't go on to do anything huge I don't think they that's were, a shame it would have been great if you'd have introduced like Queen well yeah it's doubtful <laughs> that you would have done but yeah. yeah no and they got everyone to go out of the pit and run around mm. and swap halves it was just mm. for, like they are good Mm. They're very anyway. Like, I'm passionate. disagreeing with Howard Rockers because I've only played. I played. You are boring. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm. You know, that's the jury's out on that. But I played Poco and I played probably New Riders of the Purple Sage. Possibly, I played. I a, think co- you played. No, right. Well, well, they're they're coming then. Watch out oh, for them. Yay. Um, but I played Poco and a couple of bands like that. But by and large, I think my music's been quite varied because I played, uh, you know, anything from Andy Gibb. I played Andy Gibb. I just want to be your everything. That's on there. Scott Walker. He says I enjoy how you respond to each other's selections. You know, how you say mine's rubbish and I say I quite like yours or whatever. No, no, I'd never say yours is rubbish because no. it's not usually rubbish. Some of it's no. not to my taste. No. Okay. He says your choices leave a big gap. He says with the nineteen seventy. 70s and 80s rarely getting a look in true uh, but then i would never cover the 70s or 80s like the cure from the 80s aren't they yes and i like them and also what's the what's the band who do crimson and clover oh tommy james and the shondells they're 60s, they Although 60s? They might, well they might have been re- i don't know maybe remade. maybe it was oh yeah the cure i like that song Feel, Fi- feels like heaven that's fiction factory no it's not i think it is just sorry, just like heaven. Just like heaven. Yeah, it feels like heaven. I think is the uh, Smiths also. Yeah, Smiths are sort of late eighties and nineties, really. Oh, into the nineties, so. Oh, I think so. But yeah. I like them, but like I would never cover them because you already know them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yes. it's not as interesting. Precisely. Um, but anyway, he says the 70s may be the decade, it's obviously Howard's decade that Star forgot, but among the dross there are some real gems. Blondie, he says, well, we wouldn't play Blondie, they're a bit too well-known, they played it what, a lot. What is, what's the famous Blondie song? Famous Blondie, Tidy's High, hanging on to the To be honest, you could play Blondie and I probably wouldn't... Mm, well, I might do it one week. And know he says, any of the songs. And the Buzzcocks, he says. So he says to... Uh, and this the is, Buzzcocks are one of those bands that, like, cool people are into. Mm. I always think of the Buzzcocks as, like, a cool cool yeah. girl band. But. Anyway, so to add a bit more variety, how about introducing a listener's choice? My suggestion would be brand new Cadillac band. I don't think we've got enough listeners for that. It'd just well, be the same four people over oh, and over again. Ruth, Ruth, we've got um, one... 200,000 downloads or whatever. So uh, there's got to be more than four people in there, unless yeah. everybody's downloading it 50 times. He says, how about introducing a listener's choice? My suggestion would be brand new Cadillac by Vince Taylor. Uh, British 1950s rock and roll artists are off quite often and quite rightly discarded as poor, poor diluted imitators of the great American rockers. And I, I would f- follow that view. He says, but this track is every bit as good as anything that came from the States. Well, we've got a bit of a surprise for you. It's a surprise to me also. And it's a surprise to Ruth uh, also as we go into our music section. We'll take a short break and then the music. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week for I one week... I thought we were taking a break. I was going to go. <laughs> this week... This week, for one week only, uh, we will have a listener's choice. We're not going to do that because who wants to hear 20 seconds of their favourite song? But I'm going to play Vince Taylor and Brand New Cadillac, something that I wasn't familiar with, um, but he's a very interesting guy, Vince Taylor and the Playboys. So we're going back to about 1958 for this one, uh, and this is, for the first and possibly the only time, uh, listener's choice, but I'm, uh, I'll adopt it. Vince Taylor and the Cadillacs. There you go, uh, Vince Taylor, brand new Cadillac from the 1950s, a sort of British imitator, if you like, of the American rock of the time. These Eddie Cochran people. I'm sorry we're keeping you up. I've never known anyone yawn so much. So you weren't yawning. I've yawned three times. Mm, that's quite a that's lot. That's not many. It's enough times. But we're trying to entertain you here. So Vince Taylor and the uh, Playboys there. I was when you said, "Oh, we'll listen to this, listeners." I was expecting it to be more like Rolling Stonesy. Yeah. Well, that's rock and rolly, you know, rock and original ro- yeah. rock and roll. I liked it very much, like uh, Eddie Cochran. Again, I just wouldn't week. choose to listen to it. No, that's more sort of rockabilly, which is a sort of like a, a swamp Southern American swamp. version of uh, rock and roll. Hmm. Um, anyway, it was good. Vince Taylor, very interesting guy, because initially his family was in America, so he grew up bizarrely. He came to Britain and did rock and roll in Britain, but he's from America, and he's sister used to go out with uh, Joe Bobera of Hanna-Barbera, the cartoon company that made uh, Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound. Mm, I literally that? could not care less. No, and le- I didn't think you would. And later on, he moved to France and lived in France and had a drug problem, a lot, took a lot of drugs, had a wild and eccentric lifestyle and ended up as, a, as an aeroplane engineer in Switzerland. Bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you got? Sir, so, I've got a song called Good As Hell by Lizza. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Is it good as hell? Hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Is it good as hell? Woo, tired of the bullshit. Gone, dust your shoulders off. Keep it moving. Yes, Lord. Trying to get some new shit. In there, swimwear, going to the pool sheet. Well, I read that as Lizzie. You called it Lizza. Lizzo. 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 Oh, just L-I-double-Z-O? Yes, Lizzo. Oh, I thought it said Lizzie when I read it. No, Lizzo. Uh, Lizzo and good as hell. I presume that's uh, about sex and love and things. No, just... No, 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 no. Well, what's it about You've then? misinterpreted Have Lizzo. I, okay. It's about, like, body positivity and being, like, uh, really secure in yourself. she's quite so, a large woman. Yeah, she is, but, like, that's not... She's just about, like, girl power, really. But, um... 
she, she is quite route one like she's quite popular at the moment and it is very clearly like poppy it's a good song though, i have to but say i like the song she is brilliant she is i think she's unbelievably talented like i, I think she's one of the most talented people in like modern music at the really? moment she's a professional so what's the mushi she sorts them out of mushi in there i want oh, I some know. mushi in the bushy or something well i, I mean no, that, that like that will be maybe about sex and stuff but the one the lines are like um if if he don't love you anymore then walk your fine ass out the door. Walk your fine ass out the door. Like, it is, it is about, like, positivity. But she's also, like, really an incredible musician. So she's a pro- she was a professional flautist. 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 Yeah. Not flautist. No, I would say flautist. It's, she played the flute. She played the flute. Yeah. She, was a, she was a classical... They should call it flutist, really. <laughs> she was a classical flautist. And she... So she was at university and she was in, like, a proper, like... Ivy League. Like, the best whatever the best philharmonic orchestra oh, or whatever right. like so, that yeah. like and, and she was doing so she'd do like seven in the morning until seven at night doing being a flautist and then seven in the evening to seven the next morning being a rapper and she was Lizza so she had like this double thing where she was Melissa that's her real name mm-hmm. and Lizza two identities and stuff and then mm. she kind of just took off she's does songs that are just like fun if you do want to get in touch with us with a sort of music suggestion or a comment on the music uh, you can do it's martin and ruth podcast at gmail.com or to comment on anything else love island or anything martin and ruth or deliveroo martin and ruth podcast at gmail.com martin ruth podcast and if you do want to hear the songs in full then they'll be on the spotify playlist which you can find if you just search martin and ruth on spotify or ruthie and me and my ruthie me and my dad either way now ruth over the uh, over the months we've been doing this podcast We've discussed comedy quite a bit, and we've played. We've talked about friends and everything. Discussed it. We've made comedy. <laughs> I wish, but we've discussed. <laughs> we've discussed comedy quite a bit. Yes. And whenever we discuss comedy, you sort of uh, disparage me in a way by saying, "Oh yeah, here we go again, Faulty Towers, blah blah blah." And uh, it's become apparent to me that you've never watched Faulty Towers. <laughs> so uh, I laid out the whole sum of £1.89 on Amazon Prime, got one episode of uh, Faulty Towers, and forced you to watch it. You uh, forced me. Like, I, I was happy well, to watch it because this is my job. Th- well, anyway. See? Yeah. We forced you to watch uh, Faulty Towers, and you watched it this morning. <laughs> we? Into- you said we as if the listeners were like, oh, yeah, watch Faulty Towers. Well, it is a we. I'll tell you why I say it. It's because um, I think it's probably Mark, my uh, producer on uh, Talk Radio, or it's somebody anyway at Talk Radio, who said to me, well, get her to watch it. If so, she just keeps taking the mickey out of you because, you know, my view is it's the greatest. I still don't know how you time. get the legwork out of it. <laughs> uh, only got there's only 12, 12 episodes, 12 episodes. Yeah. so you only have 11 more to watch and you've watched the whole series but this I just put a random one in not even the best it was episode 1 was it episode 1 of season 2 season 2 there's only 12 episodes that's <laughs> a season <laughs> well that's where we differ from the Americans season 1 was 6 episodes yeah, season 2 yeah, was 6 no, that's episodes fair. that's like uh, Fleabag view on it please um, I did enjoy it yeah, I did I think it was funny it feels less like oh it's hilarious and more like oh it's really safe and warm do you know what i mean mm, well it's funny you say that because i thought one of the things that you wouldn't like about faulty towers is that it's politically incorrect it's something you couldn't make but it's, nowadays. it's of its time yeah i wouldn't like it if it was made like right some of the jokes are funny um some of the jokes are not funny because of the time that they were made in like some of the bits with Manuel are a bit cringy. Mm. And, um, That's what I thought. That's why you couldn't make it nowadays. Yeah. No, no, but you couldn't make it nowadays because it also wouldn't, it wouldn't work nowadays. It wouldn't be funny. But a lot of the jokes are I like timeless still be jokes. Fun- yeah, I think it would I be funny. I don't think it would be. All that stuff with Manuel would feel really Yeah, weird. I agree with you about the Manuel stuff. But All the rest of it would be funny. It's like a farce in a way. It's like a little yeah, quality. Yeah, no, 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 no. You can see why there's only six of them because it's not like Friends where it sort of rolls No, no, because it's on. not the characters as well. Like... You don't really learn anything about the characters. Well, particularly. you learn that they're sort of locked in a loveless marriage, him and uh, Sid. Yeah, but... Uh, and you couldn't probably do that stuff these days, the stuff, you know, where he, she's a bit of a battle axe. I mean, they don't even have oh, the word battle um, axe anymore. I mean, but also, like, 
I don't think I would find that funny if it was modern characters because I would find it rude to the woman. Mm. But it's off the time it was made it. in. Mm. Yeah, no, of course you can but, make it. But some of it is there's classic nothing, timeless comedy. Yeah, no, no, some of it is. But that doesn't, like, and I'm you not did saying enjoy it's. It. I yeah, saw no, you I laughing. did. I did yeah. enjoy it. I'm not saying I didn't. But I wouldn't want it to be made now. I think if it was made now, it wouldn't be funny. That doesn't mean it's not funny. Mm. And it's like it's like watching uh, silent movies, silent comedies, because you, you're relying on sort of classic gags, gags that would. Well, no, I mean it's very it's very Shakespearean. The episode that we watched, in a way, you know, it's all yeah. Mistaken. We ought to say the one we watched was communication problems. Yeah, it was all like uh, Mrs. Richards, who yeah, she couldn't hear, and whose whose was the money, and everyone kept getting the wrong end of the stick, and blah blah blah. That's what happens in Shakespearean comedy, like it is, it's yeah, classic, yeah. and that that was all really really funny the only bits I didn't like were the bits with Manuel and like the stuff with the women like you take it with a pinch of salt and it's fine and I thought Basil Fawlty is like personable and a good character and stuff it's a great character isn't it oh yeah Basil Fawlty I mean John Cleese what what annoys me is that John Cleese alright he's now probably mid 70s maybe nearly 80 John Cleese um, said something he's moved to Nevis and he says London doesn't feel like a British city anymore which I can sort oh of... that is so EDL <laughs> Well, yeah, people have Come said that. Come on. And, and that is, oh, that is such, that's because people don't like change. Oh, it's not British anymore because it's not all British, white British people living there. Like, that's just because cities yes, change. But what a, well, he's entitled to his opinion. No, 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 he's wrong there. He's entitled to his opinion. He's wrong. Well, you don't, you don't believe that he's wrong? Yeah, I, I, yes, I, I don't believe that he's wrong. I don't believe that he's wrong because but, he's. But the only, the only way he's saying that London doesn't feel British anymore is because. Of the people being different. No, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see Multiculturalism doesn't make I something less British. No, I agree with you. Uh, and I think it's great that London is a, you know, is a melting pot and all that sort of stuff. But um, what he's, he's looking nostalgically back to an, it well, doesn't that's... feel like Britain in the 60s. It doesn't feel it doesn't like feel, Of course 60s. it doesn't feel like Britain in the 60s. Yeah, but the he's only, an old the, guy. Yeah, yeah. And what annoys the... me, wait, let me tell you what annoys me. What annoys me is people are taking what he said there, putting their own interpretation on it, or putting what they imagine might be his interpretation on it, and retrospectively dissing Monty Python and Faulty Towers. No, no, no I, I, well, that's not fair. Like, yeah, Giles Corrin wrote a whole column in the uh, Times where he just sort of dissed John Cleese. And to me, Faulty Towers is a work of genius. You know, for, I think I really enjoyed that episode of Faulty Towers I watched, and it does feel, it feels nostalgic for a time where... of comedy that's just just silly and it, it's lovely like i really i really did like it but i don't think that gives john cleese a free pass to say things and i think it's i think that this that thing that he said about britain not feeling british anymore london doesn't feel like a british city is just is and also like it's i don't think we should criticize things from the time that they were in like we should acknowledge it and acknowledge to say the stuff with manuel not really right it's you know it's kind of racial stereotyping and it's mm. sort of ta- it's kind of cheap shots at immigrants really i i'm not say- i'm not saying that it wasn't funny in the time that it was in but i think you can you can you need to you shouldn't completely give everything a free pass that you see in in shows but you also need to, if you're John Cleese or something, we don't live in the 60s anymore and no, you can't say stuff but, like that. Because well, also because it's not true. Let like, me tell you my take on it. I don't think London feels like a British city anymore. I don't think New York feels like New York anymore. I don't think Athens feels like a Greek city anymore. I don't think Paris feels like a French city anymore. Sure, the landmarks are still there. But what I'm saying is when you go into a place and it's like Starbucks and it's lots of, uh, you know, it's all become internationalised. And I don't think, you know, when I first went to New York, it was like amazing. When was was the last time you were in New York there? Probably about... 10 years ago maybe something like that you were in New York in 2009 yeah I did a a show from New York with uh, Edouard Lapaglier you know my French friend Um, we went over to New York and did a show it might have been in 2000 certainly in the 2000s but what I felt was when I first went there when it was the 1970s it really felt like it felt strange it felt foreign it was completely different from London you know and the whole ethos of life was completely different from London New York still feels different like well, like, it feels it different feels, because, it must, it because might, they've got yellow cabs. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know, but or like Athens. I, I mean, I've been to, like Paris. I think it feels very different to London. 
like very extremely different like i know that it has similar chains and stuff but paris does feel different the people are different mm. the culture is different the atmosphere of the city is different like it is they are different places but also i think the problem with what john cleese said is that london doesn't feel like a british city anymore yeah it doesn't feel like a british city from the 60s because it isn't a british city from the 60s it's a british city from two from whatever year it's in yeah. in in 2000 it was a british city in, in 2000 a city doesn't stay the same because the people change and the place changes i when i whenever i've been to london it feels like a british city but because also, I don't want it to feel like a British city from the 60s. The only people that would want it to feel like a British city from the 60s are straight white men. Have you seen Austin Powers? It's great fun. That's a British city from the 60s. <laughs> no, no. But, you know. but, he, but like, that's the problem Julie with nostalgia. Julie Christie, Michael Caine, no, no, no. in but the that, Jaguar. That is the entire problem with nostalgia, is that you remember all the good bits and none of the bad bits. Hmm. I can't think of any bad bits of the 60s. Oh, yeah, 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 whatever. Oh, Vietnam, obviously. No, but also, like, women's rights. Like, like, and that's only one example of, like, women's rights. But also, you know, attitudes towards immigrants. Why only straight white men? Why wouldn't uh, homosexual white men in their 70s... I, can't, I don't of... remember the exact year when um, homosexuality was decriminalised. 67. 67. So, OK, until 66, they're not going to be having a great deal of fun. And then still the attitudes. Like, you know what I mean? Nostalgia is the same... You've read Orwell. Like, Orwell was um, nostalgic for pre-war England. Like, you're nostalgic mm. for whatever time you don't live in, but it's not, it's not a better time. Mm. So you'll be going to university, and at the moment your focus is on uh, exams, but you will be going to university. And I'm wondering, probably. Uh, yeah, probably, you know. almost certainly. I'm just wondering yeah. how, how much trepidation you view it with. You know, how much I'm not really nervous at all. You're not nervous about not it? Not now. Like, no. I probably will be, you know, before I go See, I or whatever. Seems, seems I don't feel nervous about but, it at the moment, at least. Uh, I'm reading this, this story about uh, James Murray, who is the father of Ben Murray. You've probably seen him on the news. Uh, ben Murray was the Bristol student who killed oh, himself. Yeah. And his father, who's a, a very smart guy, um, he's got a background in uh, data analytics, He's devised or is devising an early warning system to help universities build a rounded picture of undergraduates by linking records of exam results with data on lecture attendance, grades and dis- disciplinary or rent issues. Because his son... Yeah, um, it's the whole picture thing. It was the whole picture thing. Because his son was, you know, he'd sort of disappeared from the system. He wasn't attending lectures and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And of course, nobody. he got a letter saying attend lectures. The father, the parents, they weren't informed. Yeah. There was nothing like that. Northumbria University's testing his system created by James Murray, some Ben Colm so uh, It gives an overview of whether students... It should be Bristol, shouldn't it, really, testing the, the system? Well, you'd have thought so, but anyway, Northumbria, I suppose, while it's a test. Hmm. Uh, the tool gives an overview of whether students are paying rent, attending lectures, handing in essays, checking books out of the libraries, and could trigger help rather than penalties, because that was all that was happening to his son. He was just being told, oh, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, hmm. and you haven't paid your rent or whatever i think like people forget that you're either 18 or 19 usually when you go to um, uni which is so young like it's and you go from having a complete support network well i mean if you're lucky you do and a a vast majority of people and friends like you've known and a lot of people have friends they've known for years and years and Mm -hmm. years who can tell if something's up with you and then you go to having nothing and being completely on your own and some and and I think it's it's a really hard hard transition I think it would be hard for anyone but especially being so like so young Mm. it's just it's um, it's actually amazing that no one's thought oh maybe this is maybe we ought to keep an eye on them yeah and he's doing it digitally which is good Ben's family did not know that the 19 year old was quotes quietly suffering end quotes nor that he's been asked to leave the university for failing to attend lectures it's bizarre that they would you know not just inform the parents yeah. or any anybody close that but then was, you think oh they're adults now yeah. but You've not been adult, an adult for 18 years and then just one day you're meant to be yeah. completely fine. They worked out after his death that he had missed exams, not paid accommodation fees and was hard to contact in halls. Oh, uh, God, Mr. it's so sad, isn't it's it? It's so sad. Mr Murray uses his, used his background in data analytics uh, to, to devise an early warning system to help universities build a rounded picture. And it's just really, it's, it's a digital way of keeping an eye mm. on uh, on students. But presumably... 
you'll tell us before when well, you start yeah, no, no but you th- and you think you will and like a lot of people have never had a mental health problem ever you know before they go to university and then that is just what triggers it is being away from home and your family and everyone mm. you've ever known and, and it's also what we it, said it can bef- happen. before the sort of unstructured yeah it's the f- amount of free time like free at time, least if yeah. you do sort of a science degree or something you you do you know five or six contact hours a day um a, a day but if you do something like english lit or history you have about four lectures sometimes mm. four hours a week yeah. it's just nothing and then the rest of the time it's just free yeah well uh, you can spend some of that time preparing for the podcast <laughs> Do you have a meme of the week? Yes. This is like a conversation thing. So, you, do you want four string cheese sticks? Me, no, that's way too many. You, I deep fried them and here's some marinara sauce. Me, okay, yeah, that's a nice warm-up to what I'm actually going to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I almost had a meme of the week. This would have been a meme of the week if you didn't have one. Uh, My friend Francis Foster, the comedian, who sent out a tweet at the time when Donald Trump this week... I haven't talked Donald Trump, but uh, let's not worry about it. And a friend of ours, Great Alliance and all that, uh, you know, not necessarily Donald Donald Trump. Trump, Not Donald Trump, but the American president, the office of America, the office of the American president... and Let's the not nation, get into it. nation of America. We should have talked about it, but we didn't. But anyway, at the time Donald Trump, there was this uh, scare story that he was uh, the Americans were going to take buy up our uh, NHS and everything. It was all over Twitter, you know, people thinking that Donald Trump was going to buy up the NHS. And as a sort of parody of those tweets, Francis Foster tweeted, "If it wasn't for the NHS, my mum would have died from liver failure a few years ago." Basically, the NHS is the reason I'm still renting, which I, I honestly don't think that's that good. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's I think brilliant because it was just... so, I've heard that joke about a gazillion times. Only because I said it. No, 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 not that joke. Not his joke. That that kind of joke for years and years and years. Well, give me an example of that kind of joke. Like, Uncle Ian makes it all the time. Well, in what way? So he'll, um, so like, you know when Grandma choked at Christmas dinner? Mm-hmm. So he said... Uh, no, so Uncle Dave said, oh, for God's sake, Ian, you shouldn't have saved her. Oh, like, that's a similar kind of joke. And they say, you know, about inheritance. Like, everyone makes that joke about your inheritance. But that's cleverly done, because it's in the... It's yeah, no, I get it. It's in the style of those, like, thanks to the NHS, yes, my son's still here. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think precisely. it's as amazing as you think it is. I think it's funny, but I don't think it's, like, laugh out loud. Let's allow the listeners to decide on that if you want to decide on that or anything else it's martin and ruth podcast at gmail.com and you can find the songs in full on the spotify playlist which you can search for um by writing martin and ruth or ruthie me and my dad imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.